when Robert asked if I would fill in for him, I thought he was kidding, but uh, he was not. Um, so no, I thank you guys for letting me come here today. A um, little bit about myself. My name's CJ. Um, I have a wife and two kids, both boys, thank goodness. I don't know what I'd do with girls. Um, I, was, I was in the Army for nine years, and uh, I did youth ministry over at Lakeview for five and a half years, and then that's where I met Ty. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, all right, so let's get started. We're going to jump into this pretty quick, and bef- I should tell you one thing. I type everything out like I'm going to say it, and then I don't follow it. <laughs> so if I go back and need to look, that's what I'm doing. Um, we're going to get into this pretty quick. Um, it's going to be pretty deep right off the bat. Uh, we're going into Psalms, and uh, we're going to go to chapter 44. Um, and this is where the nations of Israel accuse God. And the gloves are off in this passage here. Um, so let's read verses 8 through 12. It says, In God we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever. But you have rejected us and disgraced us, and have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe, and those who hate us have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for the slaughter, and have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. I use myself quite a bit in the lessons that I, that I speak. And, uh, and I was, like I said, when I thought Robert was kidding. And so today, when I got out of the shower, I said, what would Robert do in this situation? And I thought, beard oil. So I put beard oil on thinking that it might help me channel my inner Robert, and it didn't. Um, but I'm going to let you decide today if, uh, if I used myself as an example in a good way or a bad way today in my life experience. Um, so let me ask you a question. Have you ever been frustrated with God? Have you ever been pretty just irritated and wondering why this is happening? So I grew up in the church. My parents met at Lakeview. Um, shortly after I was born, both of them stopped going to church completely. Um, my, I went to church just to make my grandparents happy, um, thinking that that's what I should have been doing when I should have been there for myself. Um, I wasn't following Christ like I should have been. I was, uh, I was a teenager that had no guidance, so to speak. Um, I hit rock bottom in my life, and uh, I turned back to Christ. And I had some people that pulled me in and, and turned me back. And, and then God used me as a servant. That's when I went into youth ministry and, and helping out there. And then I met my wife, Katie. Um, so, Ty, you want to go to the next slide? There's my wife. Um, she, uh, she was probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And uh, I thought at that point, life was good. There was going to be no more, no more troubles. Uh, you can go off that slide, Ty. I'm tired of looking at myself. Um, so I thought life was good. I thought that there would be no, no issues. Nothing else would come up. I had a wife. I had, I was, I was, had a family. I was ready to go. Um, and then on Dece- in December, we had our, our second son, Cooper, uh, a couple years ago now, he's almost three, so this is a few years ago. But Christmas morning, in December we had him, for, the 14th of December, and then Christmas morning I get woken up in the morning and my wife was hemorrhaging. 
Um, we were only back from the hospital for a couple of days. We're about that, a couple of days. And uh, she woke me up and she said, I think I need to go to the hospital. And I'm sleeping and I'm tired. And I said, what are you talking about? And she goes, wake up and call the paramedics. So I did. And uh, we went to the emergency room. And off and on for the next month, uh, we were in and out of the hospital. We stayed there four or five different occasions for a week's end time and stuff like that. And, and at this time, my wife is having to have blood transfusions, and, and they don't know how to stop it, and they don't know how to fix it, and she's dying. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm arguing with the doctor, telling him to fix my wife, telling him to make it happen, and all I could think of is, why is God letting this happen to me? Like, let's get, let's get something straight. My wife just had a baby. I have a 10-year-old son at the time he was 10, and now a baby. I know nothing about babies, all right? If anybody knows me, where, where's Kurt at? Kurt, you know me. I know nothing about babies, okay? I do now, but <laughs> I didn't know anything about babies, okay? So why is God can't know that this is a good plan. There's no way that that's smart, right? So why would God say this is okay? So we're in the hospital, and both my wife and I are both down on our, just having down day. And it's a Sunday, and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find somebody. So I went to the soda machine and got a soda. She said she wanted soda. I don't even remember if I got her a soda, to be honest with you. But she said she wanted one. So I went to the soda machine, and I found the chaplain for the hospital. And I stopped him. I said, hey, are you the chaplain for the hospital? And he's like, well, yeah. And badge said chaplain. And so I was like, all right, hey, I need you to come with me. We're going to go. My wife's been in here for a couple weeks. We just need you to come talk to us. He was a Catholic priest. Okay. So not knowing how they do things compared to how we do things, it was a little bit different. So he came in and he was like, hey, how can I help? He goes, what's your wife's name? I said, her name's Katie. And he goes, well, how can I help you? And I said, well... We're members of Lakeview Church of Christ, and, you know, we've been in here for a couple of weeks, and we're just wondering, you know, can we get communion or something? And he's like, well, let's just talk first. And I said, hey, okay. So he comes in, and he opens up his Bible, and he starts singing psalms. My wife looks at me like, what's going on? Because she has no clue what I just did. <laughs> now, I don't know about you guys, but when my wife gives me that look, I get scared. <laughs> All right? Because I don't know what just happened here. So, <laughs> the Catholic priest is the nicest guy. He, uh, he ends, he prays for us and everything, and he leaves. And my wife looks at me and goes, what just happened? And I said, I don't know. I just tried to do a nice thing. <laughs> I don't know if that was the right call or not, but I tried. So, I wasn't finding help. My wife is dying. She's still needing more blood. We prayed. I was praying. She was praying. Nothing was happening. I was getting more and more frustrated with God. I was calling people, telling them I was frustrated. I was, I was looking for help, and it just wasn't coming. And I really think, and I believe this is to be true, that at one point in our, in our lives, we've all been frustrated with God. And I know this idea of being angry or frustrated with God may be a foreign concept to some of us, or it may be the real easy thing of, hey, we know better than to do that. 
But at that moment, nothing mattered to me. I was angry with God. I was frustrated with God. And let's, uh, let's turn to Job real quick, and we're going to stay in Job for a little bit. Um, we're going to read chapter 30, verse 18 through 24. We just read it. We're going to read it again. It says, With great force my garments are disfigured. It binds me about like the collar of my tunic. God has cast me into the mire, and I have become like dust and ashes. I cry to you for help, and you do not answer me. I stand, and you only look at me. You have turned cruel to me. With the might of your hand, you persecute me. You lift me on the wind, up on the, up, you lift me up on the wind, you make me ride it, and you toss me about in the roar of the storm. For I know that you will bring death to me, and to those how, and to the house appointed for all the living. Yet does no one, does not one in a heap of ruins stretch out his hand, and in his disaster cry for help? Do you notice the accusations there? The accusations against God. You have turned cruel to me. You lift me up on the wind. You toss me about. You're trying to kill me. In the last verse, his hands are outstretched. He's asking for pity and mercy. He's asking for help because he feels like God wants him dead. Is God behind all of this? When I'm on the edge of losing my faith like Job, is God behind that? Why is God doing that? Why would he do that? In James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Let no one say he is tempted. Let no one say when he is tempted. I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts nobody. So if this is true, and we know it's true because it's in Scripture, that God does not tempt us, but he does test us. What's the difference between tempted and tested? Ty, you got that slide up? There we go. Tempted, to entice or attempt to entice someone to do or acquire something that they find attractive, but know to be wrong or not beneficial. Tested. Take measures to check the quality, performance, of re- or reliability of something, especially before putting it into widespread use or practice. This idea of being tempted or tested, Satan will tempt us and God will test us. We know that's true. We read it in Scripture. James is really clear about that. And I want to read something else from Job that might make you kind of think about this a little bit more. In Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came, when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came along with them. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, and blameless, a blameless and upright man who fears God 
and turns away from evil. I know Satan tempts us. He wants us to fail. He wants us to fail before the Lord. Satan has nothing good for us. Nothing good in mind. God, on the other hand, wants something different for our lives. God wants us to succeed. God wants us to follow him. When it comes to God, he's not going to tempt me to do evil. In the text in Job earlier... uh, Hold on. Lost my place. There you go. Um, in Job, we, we talked about earlier about him testing and tempting us. But what if they're doing it at the same time? That's, pretty, that's a pretty uh, interesting thing to think about there is that God is going to tempt us or test us and Satan's going to tempt us at the same time. And they're in a battle or we're in a battle to figure out which one we should follow, right? Earlier in the text, Job had some pretty harsh things to say about God. In, in chapter 30, verse 20 and 21, I cry for you to help for help and you do not answer me. I stand and you only look at me. You have turned cruel to me. With the might of your hand, you persecute me. What gives Job the right to be frustrated with God? What gives any of us the right to be frustrated or angry with God? If anything, God should be mad at us. I learned that this time when my wife was in the hospital, that it wasn't God tempting me. It was God testing me. Am I going to go back to my old ways of not having faith? of not believing in Him, of not loving Him, of not wanting to be better with Him? Am I going to be so far out there of my anger that God's not there? When truth is, God's never left me. My family didn't go through what we did because God hates us. My family went through what we did to make us closer. There's not a time when we've been closer. God has a plan. He has a plan for each and every one of us. But honestly, it's up for us to follow it. And that's sometimes a hard thing to do. Society in a lot of places makes it so easy to look away from God. But God makes it so easy for us to look at him and look to him. During this time and moment, we have a choice to make. Am I frustrated with God or did he make me a more faithful servant? Why would God test us? In James chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it says, For you know that the test of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing.
I tell you, and I, and I use this story of my wife, and, and she hates when I talk about it, so I'm sorry to her. Um, but I use this story to show you that we're not perfect. But God is. That we're not above Satan trying to poke at us. But we are, we do have the ability to not let it affect us. When you persevere through the test, you have been made a tool. God will use you in powerful ways in his kingdom. I mentioned earlier that I was in the army. I spent nine years in the army. Six of those I spent in special operations. When you, when you sign up to go to special operations, you're given a test right off the bat. Pass or fail. Then you're given another test. Pass or fail. And another test. And another test. And over and over and over again. I think in the time I did training, I think I probably took 3,000 tests, it feels like. In each one of those, I was made a tool for the army to use for specialized missions. God does the same thing with us. When we get tested, he's going to use us for things that he needs to serve him. Is there any accountants in here? Okay, good, I can say this then. <laughs> when I finished special operations training, I was now used as a tool for the Army to go behind enemy lines and, and do missions and stuff. And nothing against accountants, I love them, but I wouldn't want them doing these type of missions. They haven't been trained for it. And it's the same thing when we go out outside of these walls, or even inside of these walls. God's going to use us to, to spread his word to show his love, to show his grace, to show his mercy on people. We are a tool for him. We are in his toolbox. We are, we are there to show how much God loves us. The songs we sang today were beautiful because they were about how much God loves us. If I can give you some advice and and. And I really would like you to, to, to listen to this and take this in. But God is not going to steer you wrong. That would make no sense. Why would God want us to fail? Why wouldn't he want us to follow him? If he was to let us fail, we would have no faith. We need to get out of our own way and get on the path with Christ. God's path. Don't let your frustrations pull you away from your relationship with God. Remember that God will test you but not tempt you. Remember that Satan's going to try and pull you away from God. I planned this lesson out and it seemed like it was going to be way longer than what it was. And it really is because it's an everyday lesson. It's an everyday experience that you have to go through in your everyday walk with Christ. I can't tell you how that looks for you. I can tell you how that looks for me. And it's a struggle at times. 
It's a struggle with the company I keep sometimes. It's a struggle at work. But I know one thing. That whenever I turn to God, He's there. And I know that He'll be there for you too. I appreciate you guys giving me this opportunity to speak to you today. And show you that, that through Job, God didn't leave him either. Job in chapter 30 said that he thought God was trying to kill him. But then when God's talking to Satan, he said there's none like him. Be like Job. Be a faithful servant like Job. Uh, like I said, I, I thought that this was going to be longer because when I did it to myself in the mirror, it seemed way longer. Uh, I, I do greatly appreciate you guys letting me come here to speak to you today. And if you have any response to this morning's lesson, uh, please do so while we, while we stand and sing.